Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. Welcome to another edition of Monday Morning Coffee with your host, Alex Gore. This time, I am here with Elliot Marshall. Now, Elliot Marshall, a little bit of history about him has a degree in mathematics from the University of Colorado. And if you know of this guy regularly, you probably didn't know that. <laughs> he was a Ultimate Fighter cast member on season eight. Um, he has an MMA record of either 10 and four or 17 and five, depending on where you look. Uh, he it's, after, se- it's 17 and five. <laughs> 17 and five, there you go. After retiring from professional competition, he took over as, as the head coach of Team Elevations with no, notable students like TJ Dillashaw, Curtis Blade, Alistair Overing. Um, his Brazilian jiu-jitsu ask, accolades are too many to read. Like we would be here for a while. I was looking over them. We'd spend the first 10 minutes just reading them all. So what you should know was that he was the first American to win gold at blue, purple, and brown belt at the Pan American Games. Apparently you can handle the white belts. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> so back in the day, real fast on that, they didn't allow white belts to compete. Oh, this is a new thing that they've allowed white belts to compete at the major tournaments. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So someone could beat you because they could start out at white belt. Yes. Yeah. I'm but, sure somebody has. Yeah. I'm sure somebody has. Um, There's no way. I watched a match where you defeated Glover Teixeira in 2004. I think it was by Armbar. Can't remember. Um, you're the host of the podcast, The Gospel of Fire, which yeah. shares, shares the same name as your book. Uh, currently where I know you from, you're one of the co-owners, uh, and professors at Easton BJJ. That's a BJJ school in Colorado with eight locations, seven, seven locations. His, uh, recent Ted talk is out, but now he's here with us inside the firm. Welcome my friend, Alex. Thanks for having me. How's it going? It's going, you know, we're, we're all living in this coronavirus world, but it's going. Yeah. Yeah. So math. Mm hmm. I, I only know you because, you know, I watch videos when the coronavirus happens, right. you know, you're on the wall in, in, in Longmont, right? Seemed like a regular dude, seems like a fighter. And then this, were you always interested in math? So, um, I had always done martial arts my whole life, right? But like karate yeah. when I was growing up. Uh, and I just had great math teachers along the way. So that like pushed me and I wanted to be a math major and get as far away from New Jersey as I could, where I could ski. So I landed here in Colorado and uh, math. I wanted to be an actuary. After I was the president of the math club at CU, the very first president of the math club at CU. I don't even know if it exists anymore. Couldn't tell you. And What uh, does an actuary do? You, you like, it's probability, right? Like, like oh. you're the one for like, you work insurance company, like, okay, we're gonna insure at this rate because of blah, 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 and all these statistics. Yeah. Um, isn't it weird to you that you went from like what some would consider everyone has their niche, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, I love, uh, architecture. I love NASA. And, and some people might consider that nerdy. Right. But I mean, math, you go from nerdy actuary to fighter. It seems like a dichotomy there, but maybe it's not. Maybe I've always done martial arts. I always said I was going to fight. I don't know how it happened. It just happened. Like I just fell in love. Like Martial arts has always been my safe haven. Like when you talk about like a safe place, a safe space. Yes. Right? The, fi- the fighting place is safe. Yeah. So I don't find them to be these things that we're doing now. 
right? Like, oh, this is where I can't hear your idea. Like, right. You can't speak to me. That's not safe at all. That's almost, in my opinion, as dangerous as possible. That, like, that's one of the most dangerous things we have in the world right now. Um, a safe space is a place where you go and people take care of you. Yep. But take care of you is what I need on one day is different than what I need on another day. And that's what I believe that martial arts really does. Yeah. You know, uh, it was put well, I, I can't attribute it to anyone, but someone brought up the question about how crazy our politics is and it right. is, and it's divisive and all that. But one of the defenses about that is if you only have one ideology or one thought pattern, you actually aren't getting the best results, right? Because you can't test them out. You can't talk. You can't decide. You can't learn unless people can speak and have their, their opinion. I'll touch the politics for a second. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and no, I didn't mean to go no, into this. No, it's okay. It's, I think it's super important. Um, Joe Biden won. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you're listening to this and you think otherwise, I'm very sorry. Um, and, <laughs> and, and I won't even say that I voted for him necessarily, but I, I did not vote for Trump. You know, right. um, Joe Biden's job, in my opinion, right now, the most important, jo- the second most important, we got to handle this pandemic, right. you know? The second most important thing he has to do right now is figure out with those 73 million people that voted against him what it is they need. What it is they need to feel heard and safe and secure in their spaces, right? So that, they, so that we can actually get back to this together thing and, and actually talk to a human being, not hate each other, not be calling each other uh, racists and communists and all these other things that we say to each other. Um, treat it more like a martial arts school. Because right. I'm sure we have plenty of people, and I don't mind saying that I didn't vote for Trump and that I'm an, I am definitely an anti-Trumper, um, and I don't mind saying that to the whole world, sure. and then being in the school with a Trumper. Right. Like that, that's okay. I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm not like, you need to leave, you're a piece of shit, or, or any of that. Let's figure out how we can do this together, because that's what we do on a martial arts mat. When you and I train, yep. I need you and you need me. But I'm going to try to kill you and you're going to try to kill me. Yep. So it's two polar opposites. Yeah, I'm totally my side. I'm very right. interested in yes. me winning, getting better, all that. But you have to take care of me. Exactly. You need me there. If yeah. I go away and you make all of your partners go away, you're by yourself. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, what some people like to do, both sides like to demonize the other side. So you know a lot of people. How many out of like the 100 people that come through your gym or, or whatever, right. how many are complete douchebags? idiots and morons none like, none maybe oh, they might start that way we might get some to start right they don't stay it doesn't stay like that but 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 maybe even if you can't detect them all right like maybe one maybe maybe five at the high end very maybe few. the percentage is so small so so to pretend on whatever side that you are that the other 70 million that somehow that other side piled all the idiots all the, is is utterly ridiculous and 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 also when we were talking about like this different ideas is that with politics, if you know demographics, you know different demographics, different densities tend to vote different ways. There can be different solutions for different problems. And that's so like, let's say you say whatever about one idea and and I say something else. Well, actually both of them could be right in different scenarios or in different, you know. That, that's always the case. Right, and, but, but people... <laughs> <laughs> people don't think so. so like if you listen to the pundits right but if you listen to regular people they know that but the, but the problem is the regular people are listening to the pundits right right 
Yes. We're, we're listening, you know, like you, you pick a side and then you go listen. So all your, all your facts are slanted to right. one side and it gets to be very difficult. And I mean, uh, I have a friend, Foster, who's yep. far on the other side, you know? And we were arguing back and forth one day about something. And I was, and I was like, dude, just Google these words. Yeah. Just Google these words. And he's like, I am. I was like, you can't be. And then he took a screenshot. We are Googling the same exact words. And this is part of the problem, in my opinion. Right. I don't get his articles until 10 pages in. And those are the articles that are at the top of his search. Yes. So, and we all, we've always learned, oh, the, the top is the truth or the top is the best. No one goes the, past page one. No one goes past page one. I tried it once. I was like, this is just, yeah, no, this can't be true. Yes. Right. This, this must be that article that's written by some crazy. Yes. You know? So if my 10 are different than your 10, right. Just based on what they see, we search in other places. This is a problem. It is. It is. I, I yeah, it is. <laughs> we, 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 yeah. we could keep going, yeah, but, we could. but, but I actually want to dive into your unique story because yeah. most people are not fighters. Even if they're in jujitsu, uh, they might go to tournaments, but right. the UFC is, is, is totally different than, than, yeah. uh, right. Right. So take us through your, you go to see you, you do mathematics. Mm-hmm. No one calls you a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, what is it like? You probably entered jujitsu tournaments first, but then all, when you went into MMA, what was the decision like? Who are you talking to? And then, like, literally dive into that journey because I can understand. I I can sign up and I and I want to sign up. I'll do a jujitsu tournament. I don't know if I'll be nervous or not. I don't really care. It'll it'll, it'll will. be fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but I the the leap from that to MMA. I'm too old to, to be in MMA, but. You weren't, and and when did you decide? What was that conversation like? Okay. Did you have to win some jujitsu tournaments first? I got it. Go so back that, in time. Yeah. So there's some history here to it. Um, I didn't fit in in high school, but I always I did karate. Yeah. Right. My whole life, like I said, and then this UFC stuff came out in the '90s, and I saw it somewhere in the mid '90s. Yeah. And to try to get people to like me, I said I'm going to do that. Right, like that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight in the UFC, and, and you know, I think it was like '97 or something. Right. So, were you like 15 now? 17. Then. 17. You know, so, you know, I learned a little bit of jujitsu from the guys that I was doing karate with because they started, um, and then I moved here to Colorado, and I'm still saying, ah, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a UFC fighter because I just, I just wanted people to like me, bro. Yeah. Like yeah. this is all I ever wanted, um, <coughs> which is not. I won't say it's very healthy, right? It, it, uh, I, I was very much an outcast where I grew up. So I, I just wanted to fit in. And this martial arts arena is the only place, like I said, that I ever fit in. It was my safe space. Mm-hmm. So I just got into jiu-jitsu when I moved here. I met them all. And man, jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu. And I won all these tournaments, you know? And you know, 10 years later, five years later, whatever it is, I'm married. Uh, and we're... I get out of the shower after training. You know, I'm traveling the country, winning all these jiu-jitsu tournaments, spending a ton of fucking money because yeah. there's no money in it. What's it's not like it is now where these fight to win pros and yeah, none of that, right? Yeah. You know, everything's spending money. I'm working at a bar, yeah. you know, and my wife literally says to me, she goes, "So, uh, <laughs> this is cool, um, good for but you, but you have to be a big boy 
So I know you say you want to fight. So either fight or get a job. And I was like, fight or get a job. Mm, Interesting. Oh yeah. I was like, fuck that. You know, fuck that. Because if I get a job, then I can't train. Right. You know? Uh, All right. I'll fight. Next day, call a promoter, get a fight. There you go. So you call a promoter and then is it um, uh, amateur at that level? No, I never fought amateur. Uh, Maybe my first one was, but it wasn't real. I don't know. No. But but then but so and then nobody you just glanced over fight, it. Nobody was going to fight me at amateur. Okay. So well, yeah, with the BJJ record, that makes sense. So then, in your mind, then because you you just said fight, there we go. It's literally, oh, the UFC fight is kind of like a jujitsu tournament, which I know, but but not. So yeah, so that's what I'm interested from the, the from the phone call to the first fight. So I had to learn how to strike. Yeah. I had to learn how to fight on my feet. I had to learn how to wrestle. And no, there ain't nothing like fighting in the world, man. Yeah. You had never been so scared in your life. Your asshole fucking gets super tight. You know, and you get really, really scared and you get really, really, okay, I got this. And then you go back to really, really scared. Uh, it, it's not like getting in a fight outside. How many weeks or months? from Six, six, six. weeks normally. No, no, no. But from that first phone call. Oh, do- so I got a fight like literally the next two days or so, but then I broke my arm. I got kicked in the arm and broke my elbow. Okay. So I had to pull out of that fight, but then I fought, uh, I don't know, a couple months after that. Yep. And then, and then, you know, basically 17 and four uh, or five or something like that. Okay. Who did I lose to? I lost to Rob McDonald. I lost to Bader and I lost three more five. Gotcha. What was the best fight that you lost? And, and what was the worst fight that you won? The best fight that I lost was my last one. My last fight, I lost. Because it was a decision, but in the third round, you were kicking I butt. I beat that dude's ass. Yeah. Like, there was, like, you know, it was a pretty even fight in the first two rounds. Yeah. And then the last round, he just got mauled. I mauled him, right? Yeah. Like, it was just, a, you know, broke his arm out, you know? Yeah. That was the best fight that I've ever lost. The worst fight that I won, probably the Vinny fight, Vinny Magalish. Yeah. yeah, just because it was so tough. So, yeah, you know, he was my style, right? He was a jiu-jitsu fighter, just yeah. a little better than me at jiu-jitsu. So I just avoided and jabbed and crossed and moved, you know, and it wasn't like, it wasn't a win. Really. Yep, yep. Are, are any of those your favorite fights or was uh, there the a... last one's my favorite. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, that, like it was, uh, you know, there's moments in your life that you can remember what it felt like. Mm-hmm. I can remember what it felt like sitting on the stool in between rounds two and three with Greg Jackson looking me in the face and asking me like, yo, can you give me everything you have in your whole existence? Mm-hmm. And I remember then going out and doing it. Yeah. Right. So like, it's a moment like that's like, I can feel that moment. Yeah. And then it was just five minutes of just five, everything. Yeah. And then it was what it was. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and then you transitioned into coaching. Uh, ownership first. So this is a weird thing, this yeah. transition, this, this, when people say transition into coaching, it's not like what it is now, like where you have these teams formed, you know, mm-hmm. MMA isn't like, man, we coached each other. Dwayne coached me in my fights. I coached Dwayne in his fights, Tyler, Sean Sims, uh, Brandon, Nate dog. Like we coached each other, yeah. <laughs> you know, like we had some coaches, but we didn't have coaches like it is now. Yeah. So I've been coaching my whole life. I've been teaching martial arts since I was 13 years old when I was doing karate. So this transition to coaching never ended for me. 
Like I would every, all the fighters from Easton, I was their coach. Yeah. So yeah, I had things, you know, I traveled to Japan with, with Toner all over the world with Dwayne and you know, like, but I was fighting at the same time. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, how did you get into the business side then? I always said since I was a little kid, when I first started doing martial arts, that I was going to own a karate school. Yep. So, okay. I said I was going to do it. So I did it. Yeah. You know, I knew I wanted to do it, you know? So two days after that last fight where I, you know, um, we looked, I went and looked at the building to purchase the Denver school. To purchase the building that the Denver school's in. For, uh, for Easton. For Easton, yeah. So yep. Amal and I had decided that we were going to join, you know? And you probably had known Amal for... Years. Yeah, no, now 20 years. Uh, yeah, I've known Amal since 1999. He's my first jiu-jitsu teacher. Yep. Uh, now, it, you know, at this point now, it's 2011. Yep. We've been together the whole time. I, got, I went white to black belt with him. Yep. So, yeah. So then, so then you're talking with him and you're like, I'll, I'll buy the building and we'll start branching out. And that was the first branch. Well, that was the first expansion. He, the yeah. school already existed, right? right? The first branch the first, off the main, yeah, yes. main truck. Yeah. Trunk. Yeah. Uh, talk, talk about that. How, how is building up a, a, a school? So he's my teacher. Yeah. Right. And I have a lot, you know, um, and he was already successful. He already had the Denver school. It was already making a little bit of money. I don't know. It's probably making four or five grand a month, mm-hmm. you know? So, my goal was to make his life better, right? Like, okay, so if I'm going to buy in, I can't just buy in and keep it the same, right? Right? Because if I buy in and keep it the same, it makes five grand a month. Now he's making 2,500, right? Because yeah, I, yeah, yeah. half of it's mine now, Yep. right? And sure, he's got my buy-in money, but like, let's just put that aside over here. Um, so let's, let's not, let's make more than five grand. Yep. <laughs> that, that was my goal, yep. you know? Um, and my goal was very monetarily focused, things like that for most, for the beginning of, uh, you know, like, okay, we got to make this business blah, blah, blah. And then we did it right. We did it in Denver. We did it in Boulder. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so, but then things shifted a little bit in 16. What do you mean by that? Uh, I had a mental breakdown. I had a mental breakdown slash what I like to call spiritual awakening. Yeah. And, uh, man, I saw that the goal needed to be people, mm. you know, like my job is to create a place for people that was created for that. I don't know if it was, it was created for me, but what worked out to be for me, because there's a lot of people that struggle and there's a lot of people that who get into martial arts looking for something much more than the martial art, you know, looking for something much more than how to do an arm bar and a punch and a kick or whatever it may be. Um, they're looking for that quote unquote safe space. So that's what we have to do. Yeah. But it's also the polar opposite of a safe space. We're going to fuck you up. Yeah. And what's what I didn't know when I joined, because, you know, I was listening to, to Jocko and right. Joe. I'm like, well, they keep saying the same <clears throat> stuff. So I might as well just join. Right. Mm-hmm. Was how much fun it is. Like I, I was probably nervous when I started, you know, like you play football in high school, but that's not, and now I'm 35. Like that's a, that's half my life ago. Ago. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So now I'm going to get, and then there's literally 20 year olds or wrestlers in there, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and, and getting old and cranky, but man, is it fun? I don't know if people know how much fun it is to wrestle with another person. It's not wrestling. Well, I know, but it's that, no, I'm I'm saying that just for the sake of the audience, because 
and then you can expand to let. Yeah. So pressure is very important on a human being's life. I would say, especially males, right? And that some and and that stops for most of us, right? Mm-hmm. When we graduate from high school, because for the majority of the population that plays sports, right, um, it ends after high school. Very select few, like one percent, go on to college. Yeah. And then if it doesn't end for you after high school, it's almost for sure ending for you after college. Yeah. Right. And you stop learning for most part, right? I'm talking generalization. We stop yes. learning, we stop growing, we get a job, we have a family, and we just work, 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 take care of business, take care of what needs to be done. done. Yep. Come home, Come. see the family, maybe have two beers. Right. That's what you people... know, have sex two and a half times, yep. watch Netflix, right? Like, Th- that's, yes. This is what I've it been is. in that phase. Right, right. When you step on the mat, the unknown comes back, right? How am I going to solve this problem? I need to become more skillful. Right. Right. Oh, whoa, 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 hold on. I have to do it with another person. I have to take care of that person, but try to beat that person. Like all these things, right? Your brain gets activated again. You start to be what I find is in one moment, the only moment that actually matters and the only moment you actually have. You don't, you don't have a 1015 today. Like I know your calendar says you do. Yeah. And mine does too but you don't have it yet. All we have is this moment right now, and that's what jiu-jitsu does to you. That, because jiu-jitsu is like fighting. That is what it does. You are in a fight. You have no time to worry about the dishes, the kids, your wife, the job, the blood, the blood. it's gone. It's, out, it's, yep. it's not there, but it, it, it isn't there anyway. It's only you putting it there in all these other moments where you're not paying attention to a moment. That's what jujitsu does. That's the beauty of it. It teaches you to be as present as possible. So then you can walk through your life, take that, excuse me, take that skill, walk through your life and learn how to be present there too. I think it also does two more things. Building on that, it increases your feedback loop. Mm -hmm. Because all of a sudden you start to learn and all of a sudden someone has you mounted and they start to bring your arm up and you're like, this, I know what they're doing. Whether I can stop them or not, who knows, but I know what they're doing. So then all of a sudden you feel next round, you feel the knee going up. You're like, uh, uh-uh, that's not happening right. again. And your feedback loop, the more you roll, the more you drill, uh, increases. It, it just gives you another skill in life. And then the second one too is struggle going against struggle. There's a difference between a struggle of, Hey, so, Hey, someone's not paying on time, but they'll pay in a little bit versus um, knowing what physical struggle is, true exhaustion. And then also you can also have that on your job site too. Like we do construction and sometimes with the developments and pressures, like, okay, there is actual, actual real struggle. And then there's not. And and I don't know if like what you said, if enough people know what real, real, real struggle is. It's important. We have to do it all the time. Like that's why, in my opinion, that's why we're, okay. It's not the only reason. But it's one of the things that's upsetting about this pandemic is we can't struggle. Like as a society, like we can't be mounted. Like we're, mount, like we're mounted right now. Okay. It doesn't, don't freak out. Yeah. Right. Keep your arms in, stay safe, you know, get work through this. You don't get to get out when you want to get out. Your partner has to present an opening to you. Right. You know, 
unfortunately, this pandemic hasn't presented an opening quite yet. Can you be mounted with someone's hand in your collar ready to choke you and not freak out and not just go, ah, fuck it, here I go. Um, I, I, you know, uh, both ends of the spectrum, right? Like, because, you know, with, for example, with the pandemic, you have people going, oh, this shit ain't real. Uh, I ain't doing nothing. I'm yeah. not, not going to figure out nothing, right? Yeah. I'm just going to live my life because they can't figure out how to deal their business, their whatever, their life. And then you have the, oh, my God, I'm so scared. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm not going to leave my house. I'm not going to touch anything. I'm going to wear 30 masks. I'm going to wear a gas mask if I have I'm to gonna go I'm going to yell at other I'm people. I'm going to yell at other people, yep. right? Man, that's, yeah, no, no. Can you just stay safe? Like maneuver a little here, maneuver a little there, and just uh, and just chill. And yeah. just chill and, and, and understand that this too will pass. Absolutely. Absolutely. And jujitsu teaches me that, right? Fighting teaches me that because you don't win them all. Yeah. You don't win them all. You have to learn how to lose a round and then fight again. You have to learn how to be down 10-0 and then come back. You have to, like, these are all the skills, it's, you know, that, that you have to learn um, while you're getting tired, while you're getting beat on, right? While you are physically struggling, and if we can take that physical struggle to our real life, that the mental things that we learn, that, that is the true power of what jiu-jitsu does. Yeah. Um, it goes, what you're saying, which relates to the virus, because I started right before the virus. But I remember, and it's a common thing with, with new people is, oh, dealing with someone putting pressure on your chest or neon belly. And that's it. And all, and they're not even, they're just wearing you down and you're like, I can't breathe. I can't, it's, Everybody it's, taps. it's terrible. Yeah. And you gotta, you gotta learn to deal but with everyone it. taps from that at first. Oh yeah. Everybody. Oh, me, I did. Me too. I was it's like, good. I need a break. Yeah. This. <laughs> it's too much. It's too much. It's too much. You know? And, and you know, maybe we'll make all these excuses, my toe, my foot, my wrist, my whatever. Yeah. Right. But the other beautiful thing about the mat, you can never scream fake news. It's always the truth. Whatever right. just happened, you, I mean, okay, you lost. Yeah. Just, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a black belt. You're a white belt. Yeah. If you catch me, you catch me. Sure. I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah. right? If you yeah. catch me, you catch me. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Like, you can't say that didn't know that. Like, it te- like even people that are my level or close to my level, let's say, right? Yeah. Man, if I win that day, great. If I lose the next day, that's the truth that next day. Yeah. Like there's no, it, it's, it's honest. Yep. You can't get around it. You know, your leg hurt doesn't matter. Your this doesn't matter. You were tired, didn't sleep well. Your wife, your blah, blah, doesn't matter. None, nothing matters. Only the mat matters. Yeah. How much money you have, who cares? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Never matters. Yeah. That was also the interesting thing too, is, is knowing when you go in, how much skill these, everyone actually has. And then you're in the locker room. One's a UPS driver. One's a cop. One's a professor. Like they're all over the place. And then there's some rich billionaire. I'm sure. And there's some broke kid. Oh, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And yeah. Um, How do you now split your time between learning, training and running the business? So running the business is Mike Tusigna. Yeah, Mike's the CEO. He's the fucking man. Uh, everyone needs a Mike Tusigna in their life. <laughs> um, 
I don't have to, I, I get to do what I want. You know, I get to pick the projects that I want to be a part of. Yep. And um, I, I am the face. I am the public face of the company. My mm -hmm. job is to make sure everybody feels very empowered, you know, um, to keep the jiu-jitsu on the up and up. That's me and Professor Alex Huddleston. We're really the focus is on the jiu-jitsu side, getting launching this online business of Easton Online. And then I also have my personal brand of, uh, you know, the gospel of fire, find your power. Yeah. So what's that about? It's about my brand. Look, so through this breakdown that I had, yeah. I realized that I had a unique power. Okay. I'm not special. No one's special. Unique. Right. Not special. So I think everyone has a power. Every single person in the world that exists, that walks, and, you know, that, that takes a breath, they have a unique power. Yep. We all need to harness it. And uh, I want to help other people find their power because it's, it's through struggle. It's through difficulty. It's through love. It's through connection. It's through another human being. It's through really caring. It's through empathy. Um, it's through vulnerability, understanding who you are, really who you are. Like who the fuck are you and who am I? But this is hard work. This isn't easy work to do. This, this takes a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of sleepless nights and a lot of crying and a lot of pressure. But we can do it. Every single person can be amazing in the world. That's your power. It's that thing that makes you amazing. It doesn't necessarily bring you a lot of money. It doesn't bring you fame. I don't know what it will do for you. But it lets you put your head down on your pillow for the last time and like you get to take a big sigh and go, hell yeah, man. When you found yours, yeah, I'm still finding it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Was there a moment? Was there a moment where you were you you open your eyes and like this is part of it? Maybe you didn't understand it fully. And then, what do you? What is it? Mm -hmm. Let's just we'll stop. What there. is it? Yeah. I can survive. I can fight, man. Not this. Yeah. Not the not the not the fight. But whatever you put in front of me, I will go. I will keep charging into the arena that I am in currently. If I have to shift, I'll always shift, but I'm not, a, but, I, but I will keep fighting. I have the fear, you know, like when you yeah. talk about this fight or flight thing, mm -hmm. I am not fight. I'm flight. The fear is the first thing that jumps off in me when, when, it, when things get triggered, but I've learned how to harness, how to stop and go, no, I need, I need to fight. Has right. that mainly come from internal? Internal. All None. internal. All self-work. Yep. All self-work. Meditation, breathing exercises, a lot of reading and studying, um, a lot of therapy. You know, yeah. I go to therapy. I talk about it. A lot of just being very, very vulnerable about my weaknesses. Right. Well, if you... You know, so often we try to hide our weaknesses. We try to bury them down, right? Like, don't let anybody see them. This is where I'm bad. Look, you have them, I have them. We all yep. have them. And we don't want the people to see them because we're afraid. If they see them, how will they use them against me? Well, what if I just tell you what they are? Yeah. Do you think that your quote-unquote weakness came... It, nature, nurture, or both? Nature. 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 Uh, no, both. <laughs> My weakness is that I'm afraid. Yeah. I'm afraid to be alone. This is my, this is my greatest weakness. I'm afraid that you, Alex, won't like me. Yeah. Right? Like I get, yeah. Not true, know? by the way. 
So that, <laughs> I appreciate it. But that's what I'm afraid. Yeah. That's my fears that because I come from Holocaust surviving grandparents and a father who grew up during civil rights, right. ostracized. Yeah. Ostracized in the biggest ways that uh, we've seen people be ostracized, right? Like, yeah. so I'm afraid that that will be me. And then it actually came true in my life. I had no friends when I was a kid. They, pay, they spray painted my house with swastikas and Niger's go home. Yeah. You know, couldn't yeah. spell the word right. <laughs> um, I sat at lunch by myself because no one would be my friend. I wasn't allowed to go to people's houses because I had a black dad and a white Jewish mom. You know, so this like, is New Jersey in uh, probably Jersey. 80s, in the 80s and 90s. 90s yeah. yeah. So th- this was my life. So yeah. it actually happened like this. You are alone thing happened, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm still a f- it's my fear, right? It's I will be alone. Hitler will come again and I won't have anyone there to help me. Right. Because that's what I was told. Right. So there's here comes the nurture part. My grandparents, Hitler was always coming again. Mm. Right. Hitler was always coming. Like you have to be ready for Hitler. Right. You know, so, um, yeah, that's, so I've had to learn how to say fuck off to that, to that idea, to that idea. Yep. It doesn't go away. He's, it's still there, man. Like yeah. to this day when I have a party and yeah. I say this all the time, when I have a party, if you're supposed to show up at four o'clock, everyone's supposed to show up at four o'clock. No one shows up at four o'clock. No. Only, only assholes show up at four o'clock, right? <laughs> you give the host a little more time to get ready, right? Right. Like, at four o'clock, I'm nervous no one's coming because yeah. that actually happened to me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it's hilarious. I can admit that I am the asshole that shows up at four o'clock <laughs> because the whole day I'm sitting there and then e- either me before or with my wife. Now it's like, oh, we got the babysitter early. Right. We, we get to get away from the kids. Mm-hmm. We'll go show up. It, I don't know what it is, but every time... Our friends invite us over. We one. we are sitting outside the door, three minutes early, and be like, okay, let's not knock. And every time we have a party, it's five minutes late, you know, at least. Right, right. And we're like, well, you know, why aren't they there? And I love. I just realized this too, like uh, because college, you know, college, you go to parties yeah, all yeah, over yeah. the place. Um, and I was like, oh, I I don't want to go back to. Not that I ever was. I have a wife and kids, but being like that doesn't appeal to me now. And then I then I go, wait, 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 wait. It didn't appeal to me going into another person's house where I only knew five of the 50 people. But when it was my house and I knew 50 of the 50 people, then I'm more comfortable. Um, That's just a segue. <laughs> Look, it's what I, I build armies. This is what I like to do. Yeah. Through the vehicle of martial arts. I, this is, I, I love to build armies. Yep that we will march to battle together. I will gladly walk first. I, I want you right here. I want you on my mm-hmm. shoulder, right? I don't wanna be the, like, I get it that I am the leader. I understand that, that's why I'll walk first. But leaders, uh, in my opinion, they, they don't have followers. There's no followers, no one's following me. We're in this together, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I like to build armies because of my past and my history. So that I know I'm never alone. Yeah. Know? Yeah. That, that's what I do. Um, I think, well, we can dive back into politics a, a little bit. Yeah. I think too, I, I've been reading a bunch of different histories. Always, always <coughs> kind of been interested in it. Uh, been in the army for a while too. Okay. And the more that I learn, the more that I realize what you, I thought in high school is way different than what the reality of history really was. I just, you know, I joke with my guys. I, 
in architecture, you have to pass six. They keep changing it. How many tests you have to test, right? So, and we, we teach here, you know, we, uh, and I keep saying, you want to know another ARE fact? And then I'll hit them with a native American story. Right. <laughs> and, and, and I came to the, I, I said, I don't think anyone, if you really knew what history was, wants to be born before 1940, like your birthday should probably not be before. If you're just looking at odds right. of, of medicine, of war. Survival, it, right, right. Yep. And there was uh, Vietnam, there was other things, but the more I read about these is like, I don't think you really know. But if you were born in 1940, yeah. you probably didn't want to be born before 1860. Yes. Right? So it's always going to shift. They're going to look at up. We're going to look. Hopefully, if we do a good job, they'll look at us the same way and be like, oh, my God. Could you imagine being born in 1980? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. And one of the funny ones that I'm, I, I think I'm predicting is, like, I hope my grandchild comes to me and says, Grandpa, what were you guys thinking? I'm like, what are you talking about? So you decided that it was okay to dig up the earth find old broken down oil dinosaur plant and then light that on fire and you thought that that was a great idea like well son you don't understand how it was back then you're like no no grandpa you literally dug up stuff and just lit it on fire i was like yeah but the way that the world worked oh you a toddler you knew it you did it anyway right you were a seven-year-old punk watching this i'm gonna light this on fire i know it's gonna go bad like we know it goes bad right right and and i'm not even a a left staunch uh, environmentalists. I just see, you know, hey, is there pollution? What are we doing? Is there a better way? Pregnant, pregnant, pragmatist is the word I'm looking for. That's the word I'm looking for. That's the word I'm looking for. When does our money not come first is the question that we want to go into with, in in my opinion, in, in in the political realm, right? Like, when, when is it just not pure and true capitalism? And I'm not a socialist. I'm a capitalist. Yep. Right? Yeah. You own businesses. Right. But in my opinion, the true capital, the greatest capital is people. Another human being mm-hmm. in your life. Capital is the, the, that's, that is the thing, in my opinion, that we should all be shooting for. We should not all be shooting for money. Money can be a key performance indicator, like KPIs, right? Yep. It can be a KPI of... If you're doing a good job, but it's not the KPI. Right. And, and I think because Easton surprised me because I, I talked about this when I was talking to Jordan. Um, you know, I thought well, I was just entering a gym. I've been part of gyms before, stuff like that. But then just the vibe was, was totally different. Just, and then, and then understanding, like I would see little things about how your system was set up. I was like, oh, they're tracking things. Like they got their stuff together here. Right. This is, this is not just like walking into some garage, you know, and just doing whatever. Um, and, and, and to go on that too. So, so your focus on humans, I think relates back to capital. It, it's that's my capital. Yep, exactly. Um, and then if you think about someone like Elon Musk, right, mm-hmm. obviously he has a, a green agenda, right. Um, and he wants to make cool cars and AI cars. But if you follow him a lot, you realize that the user interface, the interaction the, the people interaction is actually one of the most selling parts of it. The little, you know, when I take my kids in there, when we're in the mall and I do the little fart thing, right? Right. When the, when the screen's all lit, you know, lit up when, you know, it can go super fast. Like it doesn't need to go super fast. It doesn't need to, but it does it, you know, extremely quickly. So like that, and I know that that's a car, but he, he's also touching on quality of, of his uh, vehicle. Uh, we're all in the people business. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I'll relate it back to me for a second. Like, like what I like to say, I don't get paid to teach jujitsu. I teach jujitsu for free, a hundred percent free. I get paid to take you on a life journey, right? I get paid that. That's what you're paying for. You're not paying for jujitsu. I haven't taken a penny for jujitsu in years. Mm-hmm. If I teach a private lesson, no one pays me. If I teach a seminar, no one pays me. When I make money competing, all given away. Every, every penny. I won't take money for jujitsu. When somebody comes to our school from out of town, no drop-in fee. Mm-hmm. No way. Right? Because you're just coming for a jujitsu class. You're not going to go on this journey with me of your life. Yep. Right? So what do I want your money for? Yep. You know, what, what's 20 bucks going to do? Fuck off. Yeah. You know, or even 50. It's nothing. Right? And, and it's, it's dirty money to me. I get paid to, t- to a life journey. Elon Musk's doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. His thing is cars or his thing is SpaceX or his thing is what the future can hold. Yeah. Right? But he's taking us on a life journey. He's not taking us on a, oh, buy my car journey. Now, look, you have to buy his car. Right? right. Like, you, you buy his cars. You, you do all the other, you know. You, how much, I don't even know how much your membership is. What is it? membership maybe 175 okay. i don't know great 175 let's say it is right you, yeah. you pay 175 dollars it feels like you're paying for jujitsu classes yeah. but that's not how we are approaching it to you everyone starts paying for jujitsu or muay thai whatever they're doing right but that's not where it ends up so so i have a hunch then because of this philosophy yeah. that that philosophy is somehow conveyed to your coaches and there must correct oh Indeed. yeah it, it, um, no, it's not me. I, we have seven schools. I can't, I'm not at every school every day. Yeah. So I think people, so a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this and they're interested in, in systems or, or philosophies. Yeah. Like F9, we have nine fundamental principles that, right. that we, we go by. <laughs> Can you kind of peel the onion of maybe what those are? And, and it might seem very mundane to you, but people don't know. Like, is it, oh, we have like every Monday teachers have, yeah, uh, Keep going. yeah that coaches coaches come in or or we have a program like I, I don't know what what do you what do you do what's that process like we have our core values right so hold yeah. on one sec yep i'm gonna try to find them <laughs> <laughs> come on where's my pdf No worries. While, while you're yeah, so integrity, stewardship, uh, things like that, right? Yeah. We know that this is these are our core values. Sorry, froze. Yeah. Um, we we have them and we live by them, right? I think as an entrepreneur, what in a core value? Let's define a core value. In my opinion, uh, it's something that you're willing to lose friends and money over. Mm-hmm. Like if you violate this, right? If you violate this, then we can't be friends. Yep. Right. And if you no, look, not once, right? Like, I'm not, we're not saying like, you know. You make a mistake, right. whatever. We all make mistakes. Sure. But if, if this is the person you are, you know, um, and I guess to take it back to politics for a second, um, with like the Donald Trump phenomenon that, that, that 70, over 70 million people had, and they're like, oh, well, I hate him, but I like his policies. Um, character matters, right? Character matters. And it's the first, in my opinion, Right. It's That's the one first thing. It's the first thing that matters. So if you're an amazing, if you have terrible character and amazing policies, you're disqualified. Now, it's not the only thing that matters. 
if you have amazing character and terrible policies, you're disqualified. Yep. Right? You're just so it's it's you have like and no one's character is perfect. Right. No one's character is perfect, right? We all make mistakes. I'm not saying that. But character matters. Decency matters. These are this is the most important thing. How we deal with another human being, every human being. Mm -hmm. So that is what we do at Easton. We try our very, very best to deal with a human being. And how do we, on the good and the bad, right? When they're quitting, when they're never coming back, when they leave a bad review, how do we deal with that? You know? Yeah. We talk to them. We call them. We do all of these, you know, like, man, I've talked to so many people that have left a bad review and had a bad experience. It happens. Yeah. Right? Thousands of people walk through the schools. We're not perfect. How do you deal with the bad experience? I call them. We work it out most of the time. Yep. They ask, they, their next question is, do you want me to change the review? I don't need them. I don't want them to change the review. Mm-hmm. I don't, look, one, one star review is not, we have a five star review. It's not going to really, like with thousands of, you know? Yep. So I'm not super concerned with whether they change the review or not. I'm concerned that you, Alex, who had a bad experience at one of my schools, I did not empower you. I didn't do that. I didn't empower you. So if I didn't empower you, I failed. I, I, you know, I failed. How can I make a change so that I can start to empower you? Whether it's with me or not with me, it's okay. It doesn't, sounds like it's not going to be with me. No problem. Yep. But I want you to find your power. When, so over the years, you've, you've gotten a bunch of these. Yeah. Were there any patterns that, that you saw that, oh, okay, we need to slightly adjust? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Of course. Or, or was it, also, because this can be too, they're like that one out of a hundred. Those do exist. Right. That, you know, for you, mm-hmm. to Trump. Mm-hmm. Or, or, oh, did you see a pattern in, in type so, or personality? Or, so one of the first things we had to do is we had to get rid of contracts. Okay. You don't sign, you don't, you're not locked into a contract with us. Yeah. You're, it's month to month, 30 day cancellation. Yeah. My product should sell itself. Yep. If my contract is doing the work, if my contract is what holds you That's to it. paying me, yeah. Then I don't have to do the work to make sure you stay. Yeah. I have to show up each and every day and teach the most amazing class, the most skillful class. Yep. My front desk, right? The first impression specialists, they have to show up. We don't call them front desk anymore. First impression specialists, right? If you're not front desk is where you when you go into I don't know wherever you go into a store, you know. Sure. Uh, uh, you go into a skyscraper. There's right. a front desk. Yeah, there's a front desk. They don't care about building number you know, your office in level 46. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. No, they don't care. Right. They're just going to be like, all right, go there. Yeah. You know? Um, so that's, we have first impressions because it's every single time you walk in the door, it's a first impression every single time. So it's very important. Yep. You know, it's very important. You could be having a bad day. That person meets you. Hey, Alex, what's going on, man? How are you? You having a good day? I doubt you'll say no right there. That will switch. That will jump you out of it. Right, that will get you out of it. So I don't know how I got in the first impression. It was the things that you changed or slightly oh, adjusted. Right, so that was list. one. Two, the contracts. We had to get rid of yep. them. We had to get rid of them because I need to make sure that everyone, every single person across the whole school, is doing the most skillful job that they can every single day. Mm-hmm. And now we're not like, yeah, yeah. Well, they have to be here for six months. They sign that piece of paper. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. You, you don't have to be here if you want to leave. No problem. You can go, you know, I'm yeah. really sorry. We'll try to find out why, but it's my job to make sure that what's holding you 
is the feeling you get when you walked in. Yep. Not any agreement that we have on a piece of paper. Right. And I, I didn't even notice that, but I noticed the ease of signing up. So Gold's Gym, whenever I signed up, was six months or a year or whatever. Right. And it actually wasn't that much. It was like 30 bucks or something. But still, it was like, oh, this is going to be for this long. And I have to... And, and the thing in my head was, man, in, in the summer, like, I, I run. Right. Like, I can do push-ups. I can do... I got a bar. I, so, like, do I want to go in the summer? So, anyways, I still did it, but there was all that thing. I don't even remember thinking about that because it was never presented to me as a decision point. It was... It didn't exist. I, it doesn't. I, I never even... Yeah. It doesn't exist. Yeah. Like we, we find out when you like to train, how you like to train, why you're here, mm-hmm. right? And then we show you the price. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like this is the price. This is how much it is a month. If you want out, you just give us 30 days notice and you'll be out. Yep. We don't, it's not a thing. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh man, if I'm going to, this is the, the thing in, that you hear in martial arts. If I'm going to commit to my students to show up, then I need them to make a commitment to you. Why? But I mean, I... To play devil's advocate, yeah, they're committing for a month. That's that's a long time, and in in some people, a hundred and whatever some dollars. So, yeah, I, I don't then, need you to commit to me. Yeah, I don't want anything. You you can't you you can't want reciprocity, right? Like you can't just be like, oh, if I give you, you give me. You have to give. Mm-hmm. The idea is just give. I don't know that Alex. You, if I give to Alex, I don't know that Alex will give it back. I right. just believe that I'll get it back in some way. Yeah. In some way, I'll get it back. Might not be from each individual interaction, but somewhere, some way, I'll get it back. And somebody has given to me when I wasn't even able to give it back. And that might be the case with me and you, right? We don't know. But, um, yes. Yeah. And, and, and just to say that, um, I know that there are multiple people that did not cancel their membership when there was no training. Right. And some of those people don't even care. Right. You know what I mean? They're like, if you get, it doesn't even matter. You know? Um, so I, exact, that was a great point is sometimes, and I don't think people realize that sometimes people can be giving to you. You don't even know you don't about even know. it. You don't even know. You don't even know. Yep. Our members saved our school. Mm-hmm. Right. They, you, you, you know, you, you, people paid 50% of the people paid. Now look, this is no knock on if you didn't pay, right? Right. Like, yeah, it was please. tough. To- it, we were all in tough situations, right? So please, but look, the fifty percent of the people that paid—that's what got us through, right? That's what helped us get through. That's what's helping us get through. So, um, that, in my opinion, that doesn't—you didn't keep your Gold's Gym membership. No, no. one kept their Gold's Gym <laughs> membership, right? No, they no. did not. Lifetime fitness, 24-hour fitness, whatever other fitness, no yeah. one did that. Because yeah. why? It's not a place for you. It's yeah. not a safe place. It's a place that you use. It's, it's, it's a prostitutional relationship in a way, right? Like I use you, you use me, whatever it is. Yeah, here's you know? our exchange yeah. of money. And, and everyone's okay with it. It's okay. Yeah. Like we agree that that's what it is. Um, I just don't like those type of relationships. Yeah. You know, I, I like relationships where, and, and look to, to, to more on the, on the people paying, right? Like we never said we were going to pay you all back if you kept paying. Right. Because we can't. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like I can't give you that money back. I'd go broke later. Yeah. Like I would, I would have survived now. And then in the process of paying you back, I would have lost, lost it then. 
Yeah. Right. So we, we can't give the money back. I can only give you the feeling back. Yep. And that's what we're trying to create. We're, that, that's what we're trying to do with our business so that you can be like, look, this is my place, man. This is, these are my people. I, I need this to be here. So if you need it, if it's a need, you'll do anything to make it happen. And uh, that's the important piece, in my opinion. And then, you know, part of the whole money thing is everyone's like, oh, they paid you. You made money. Um, and, or, or money in general. As a business owner, I, you have to take care of your employees. Right. Like, you know, you have to. You, my, my goal is to have all of the GMs, you know, I'm super close with Mike Ian Valor, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're the GMs right now. You know, they're, you know, Mike's the CEO. I want them to live my life. I, w- I want them to be as successful and, and monetarily sound. Yes. I want them to be where I am. They work with me and like, you know, technically for me, let's say, right? It's my business with them right. all. I need them to get to me. The only way they do that is if they bring somebody else to them. The only way they do that is if that person brings somebody, it, it, right? Yeah, yeah. Like we have to be, come on, let's go, let's go. This, this is what you have to do as a business. Now look, you have to be financially sound. You can't just throw all your money away. Right. But you can't take it all as the business owner. You, you have to be, because your employees, I never want them to work somewhere else. Yeah. Right? Like I, I don't want them to. Like I want everyone to be with Easton forever. So that means I have to create a career for them, not a job. Because if you create a job for somebody, if they go find another one that pays more, they'll go do it. Yeah. You know, Mike and Ian started their own business now. Yeah. It's great. Dog training, you know, but they still, they're still with us. Yeah. Right. They're still with us. That's amazing. That's exactly what I want. I want my employees to do that. When did that switch happen around the same time in 2016? Was it always there? Did you take some steps with They you? saved my life. Mike yeah. and Ian and Ian's brother, Will, saved my life. Yeah. I was losing it. I was losing my mind and I would, they would stay on the phone with me all night, every night. I would have a panic attack. I'd run downstairs and I'm talking every night for a month. And sometimes I would fall asleep and some, and they would hang up a little later and I would stay asleep. Sometimes I'd fall asleep and then I'd immediately wake up, call them back. And sometimes we were just on the phone all night long and I'm talking every night for a month. Yeah. They saved my life. I don't know what I would have done. I I don't know what would have happened to me. Mm Mm-hmm in that month if they weren't there for me you know and you can say oh yeah you're a fighter you would have made it blah 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 we just don't know right i i don't know so i had to pay i have to pay it back yeah was that month was it triggered by accumulated stress an acute thing or it just uh, just happened so i believe the flip side of your power is your demon or your devil I hadn't found my power yet, and I was beating this devil down. I figured out how to beat him down. But the devil wins if you you don't talk to him. If you can't turn the devil into your friend, which is your power, he wins, right? And there's going to be a point, there comes a point in everyone's life, in my opinion, where he's going to come say hello for a little bit. Yeah. You know, and you're either going to keep having this process of having to beat him down or you're going to have to figure out how to say hi and have them sit with you so that you guys get good with each other. Yep. Um, I was beating him down and for decades, you know, and uh, yeah, he said no more. Yeah. (laughs) That, so Steve jobs has this persona of Mm -hmm. always being an Mm a-hole and 
his his power is also his Achilles heel. Yeah. But what people don't know is that once he got fired from Apple the first time and he went and uh, he funded Pixar and, and really helped Pixar. Yeah. They told controlling, maniacal Steve Jobs, who is very detailed-oriented, makes perfect, beautiful things. Yeah, when it comes to movies, you can shut up. You can right. shut the fuck up. Right. Like, we don't care. Like, you can handle the business. You can do distribution deals. But, like, when it comes to this, just don't talk to us. Like, right. you might say something, but we're really not going to listen to you. Um, and then the second run at Apple, he, you know, he, he obviously was in control, but he, he, he found his duality. He knew his duality there. Um, it's the same. Everyone's. Yeah. My, my, my power is that I can fight. And my demon is that I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah. You know? My demon is that, I'm, that is my fear. It, but it's the same. It's my anxiety. It's, it, that's the same thing. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So, yeah. So, as we wrap this up, yeah. I'll let you take the parting outro. Anything you want to leave people with? Anything you want to tell people with? And then... Uh, where to find more about yeah. you? Uh, so where to find more? My TED Talks on YouTube. Everything's I, uh, you, my YouTube channel, my Instagram. Uh, I have an email list. I'm about to release my first course on yeah. how to find your power. So that's coming out. Just go to my website, elliotmarshall.com. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So yeah, that will be coming out hopefully here before the end of the year. And uh, what do I want to leave you with? You, uh, I want you, everyone... And even if this is the only time you ever hear me talk ever or say anything, I want you to know that you're enough. You're enough to be amazing in this world. And sometimes uh, everyone, we, we, you know, on the political things, we hear that and we go, oh, man, you're telling people not to, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or, oh, man, you're so great. No, you're only enough in this very moment. Hmm. And that, that's all you have. But in this very moment, you better be doing something to keep being enough so that tomorrow when you show up, you're enough. You can't stop. You can't stop having pressure put upon you. You can't, you, you just take one small step forward, one small step forward. Well, if you can't take a small step forward, like many of us are right now with this virus and pandemic, just keep your nose and mouth above the water. That's work, yep. right? Just do the work. If you do the work, you will always be enough. You will never not be enough. So you can do whatever you want to be amazing in the world and find your power. Don't let anybody ever tell you that you can't. Perfect. We'll end with that. Yeah. Thank you. All right.